Good time of the day, and welcome to another episode of And When I Say I Mean, I am your co-host, Austin. And I am your other co-host, Adrian. So, welcome to another week. Uh, Adrian, what fun and exciting things filled your week? Uh, or nothing? Past week, no, it wasn't nothing. Um, I don't really remember what happened last week i i am very terrible at remembering what things i have done as if you have listened to this podcast at all since we've been doing this bit you would know that but this weekend i got the pleasure and joy of being in one of my good friends from college his wedding um Mm -hmm. so i took off work on friday and left my house at approximately 2 a.m um to get to the bus stop and then that bus took me to um, the airport in Boston, and then from there I flew to Philadelphia, and then from there I flew to Cleveland. Cleveland! Um, so, I didn't sleep a whole lot. I slept a little bit on the plane, but not very much. Um, and then got there, did some fun festivities. The wedding was a lot of fun. Um, so this was one of my... So, the RA of my hall after I left. So, I I knew him for two years, and then he was there for another two years. So, most of his friends and the people in his wedding, I didn't really know um, or had met very briefly, um, except for his brother. Mm-hmm. And so, it was interesting, because I was definitely, like, I was actually, I think it was, I was the oldest person. Well, that's not true, because her sisters were in the wedding party, and so was his older brother. But I was, like, the oldest person... Um, from Cedarville that was there. So that was, that's not true either because her sisters went to Cedarville. But it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I felt very old, uh, but that's nice. okay. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. We um, we did an escape room nice. uh, on Friday night, which is a ton For of fun. For the wedding? What's that? Like, as a wedding party? Yeah, or no, it was just the groomsmen. So it was like a bachelor party type thing. Oh, but... Okay, okay. Wow, like a Cedarville bachelor party. You guys are wild. (laughs) I know, right? Um, But it was a ton of fun. We it was like the hardest one that they had. Okay. It had like a seventeen percent success rate or something like that. Did you win it? We did not win it. Only uh, it was super frustrating. We made it like seventy five percent of the way through. We were crushing it, and then Mm -hmm. we had probably like fifteen or twenty minutes left. Sure. Um, and. We got stuck because we got the right code right, but when we put it into the lock and tried to open it, it didn't open, and so we thought it was wrong, and then you start going down all these rabbit trails where you completely overthink things, and then it's, yeah, it just goes downhill. So we lost, which was kind of sad, but um, it was was still fun, and then uh, the wedding was great. Um, In classic fashion, we showed up, like, super early, and all the guys were ready, and we just kind of sat around and just figured out why did we get dressed so early um but Ah. yeah it was a good time what was the venue like um it was a church nice um i didn't did you see the picture i sent you i had those cool light bulbs in the uh i probably received it okay well (laughs) they had these like really cool like old looking light bulbs hanging from the ceiling which is cool which that was just part of the church that wasn't actually part of the like what they it was and they had flowers it was nice it was festive it wasn't really nice. festive it was just weddingy tasteful and then we <laughs> we went to a country club for the reception which was also very classy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we had salmon oh my goodness we had nice. salmon it was so good 
so very good. That was, that was, mm, mm. The cake was also good. Cool. Some people made fun of... Wedding cake people. always seems, like, mediocre to me. Yeah. This was, yeah. It was, it was pretty good. I feel like people try to be too fancy. This wasn't too fancy. It was, it was kind of just like, here's your normal, I, don't, I mean, I don't think it was fancy. It was just, like, cake with frosting on it. Yeah, okay, I like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, some people were making fun of me because I, while the dancing was going on, I was eating cake and drinking coffee by myself. Um, that's no reason to make fun of someone. I didn't think so either. Um, because that's honestly, the only thing that would have made that better is if somebody would have been there for me to talk to, like an old person. Um, I don't know. That sounds like, like, that sounds like a pretty ideal situation to me. Well, yeah, that that's the difference between us. We have a lot of similarities <laughs> and, and and some major differences. I mean, you, when like, it comes to what often I want to do at a wedding, the main thing is eat cake and drink coffee. But the yeah. dividing line is whether we want to do that with people and talk to them or just sit by ourselves. And, like, you could have been doing, like, the cha-cha shuffle. And that that's, like, far more deserving of being made fun of. No, 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 no. Those are my favorite dances because they tell you exactly what to do. I can't dance worth snot. Um, but the ones where it's like step four steps to the left, it's like square dancing. Shout out to last yeah. week's episode. When they tell you what to do, I can do those. But, I mean, it can still be easy and embarrassing. Yeah. Speaking of easy and embarrassing when it comes to dancing, that is another thing I noticed. It's You're a lot, when I say you are, I mean me. I don't know. I don't yeah. speak for everybody. But I'm a lot less likely to dance like an idiot when my friends, like close friends, aren't there. So that was another thing that was interesting about this wedding is most of my closest friends from college weren't there. So if they were there, I would have been more likely to dance like an idiot with them. But since they weren't, definitely found myself huh. just eating cake and drinking coffee. Still, that sounds that sounds golden to me. Yep. And then the next day, I left at like 3 a.m. to get my airplane back. It was it was a lot of flying and a lot of early mornings and lack of sleep. I came back and then like did a classic Sunday of like turn on football and then just take a five hour nap and then wake up for two hours and then go back to bed. Nice clutch. And sleep for like nine hours. When you um, so when you said grand. get your airplane back, it sounds like you have an airplane and someone no. took it from you. But um, I had a less eventful weekend. Mm-hmm. I organized a dinner but that's pretty normal um i mean that's that's i don't normally organize dinners on my weekends i do <laughs> yeah it it really clogs up my weekends mm-hmm. um but i had a very strange experience of facebook today so mammal waves at me yeah and i was like I think she got hacked. Right. I didn't know anyone actually waved at people on Facebook. And then she keeps messaging me. I messaged her back. And she's like, oh, hey, if you give me your personal information, you can win $250,000. So I said, hmm, that seems wrong. (laughs) So I texted mom. Yeah, I texted mom and uh, told her that mammal was hacked. And hopefully she's on it. so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was rather strange. Yeah, at first I got really excited because I thought she was sending me a message, and then I realized, you know what, 
this isn't something that she would do. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Not that she wouldn't, not that she wouldn't send us a message, but that uh, she wouldn't do it in that way. Right. Uh, she also like brutally butchered every sentence that she was trying to form, mm-hmm. uh, which is not typical. Um, no, no. But uh, I wanted to make a joke about Jackson Pollock because I I've had to submit two different abstracts this week. One of them is due today. Um, Did you submit it already? I have not. No, I'm I'm waiting for feedback, uh, and it's still today, so it should be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it only needs to be 250 words, so that's fine. Um. But I couldn't figure out the joke, so now I'm just saying that I failed in making a joke. If you can put it together, something about abstracts and Jackson Pollock. Like, it should be there, but I couldn't get it, so. So, so you were trying to invent a joke? Yeah. Okay. Like, um, my week was like Jackson Pollock. It was full of abstract work. Uh, that wasn't bad. Mm. <laughs> it, it just it, it, It's not as good. The, the idea, I feel like, to limit the idea of what, or for joke, when you're talking about jokes relating things, yeah. the idea of abstract doesn't really work as good as other things could sure. with Jackson Pollock. Well, It'd be yeah, more like, but I don't know any other abstract artists. No, 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 no. This is what I'm saying. It'd be like you accidentally, like, drop a bowl of soup and you're like, well... Call me Jackson Pollock because this could be art or something like that. Uh, but I'm trying. The point is, I'm trying to talk about abstracts. Right, and the point I'm trying to make is that it doesn't make for very. Funny anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, my musical so- sojourn has brought me back to pop music this week. Um, right. Speaking of uh, another time out. Okay, fine. Um, well, this it, it, it's still in part of the segue. Yeah, I did listen to. The Miseducation of Laura Hill. Oh you can, yeah. Oh. On the airplane. Second time out then. After what? What do you What do you think of it? Uh, I thought it was good. Um, unfortunately, um, I was kind of sleepy-ish and falling asleep while I was listening to it. That'll happen um, on so planes. I, so I probably wasn't able to um, experience it for all it's worth. But I have listened to some of it and different parts of it in the in the meantime. But I also just really like her style. I think mm-hmm. that that is a um, in general, I think that's a style of hip-hop that I like and enjoy a lot. It's, like, very um, R&B-infused. Yeah, yeah. So I, I appreciated that as well. And, and unfortunately, didn't wasn't able to spend as much time digging into all of the, the uh, lyrics, lyrical things that she was getting into. But um, from what I did heard it, hear, it was very good. So, uh, also, apparently you recommended Laura Daigle Laura a Daigle. while back. Mm-hmm. Um, or as, I don't know. As did our mom. Um, nice. Not on a podcast, just in, in regular life. Actually, actually, she texted me. I mm-hmm. had completely forgotten these things. Someone in a Bible study I was in told me I should listen to this album. Um, it's so like I did. top of charts right now. Yeah, that's what she said. Um, but uh, my first reaction was, is this Adele? Mm-hmm. And then my second reaction was, no, this is definitely Adele, and then it wasn't. So that was that was confusing, uh-huh. um, but it was also good. the The yeah. last song was probably my favorite, 
off her new album. Which is the last one? Look Up Child. Mm-hmm. So I, so I texted myself, right, just the name of the album, so it was Look Up Child. Mm-hmm. And so I, I opened it up again, and I'm like, what am I telling myself to Look Up Child for? <laughs> what is child? Anyway, so That's good. I returned <laughs> to pop music this week okay. and because uh, of our discussion about Taylor Swift. I was listening to nice. Taylor Swift. And then I was watching a lot of interviews with people and a radio program called The Breakfast Club. Anyway, I found myself on Ed Sheeran's, and I listened to Ed Sheeran's interview, and then I listened to his latest album, and I was like, wow, this is great. And so something that he said in the interview reminded me of the response I had to a question you asked me months ago. Or okay. a topic you broached months ago. So, oh, yeah. He said he was listening to, or he was writing this song, trying to figure out how to make folk songs cool. Um, specifically, Nancy Mulligan, if you're familiar with that song. I am. Also, right. by the way, you're, you're like upwards of like, you're like going on a year and a half behind on that Ed Sheeran album, by the way. I know, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're missing out, which is also surprising because you traditionally like Ed Sheeran, but I guess yeah. you've been too much in the the hip-hop rap scene that, right, you, right. that you can't experience until, well, until so, it so no, drops his hip-hop. I said, I said I'm back to, right, which I'm looking forward to that day. It's going to be uh, amazing. I'm back to Ed Sheeran because in the beginning of college, I listened to a lot of Ed Sheeran, and then I decided him and Imagine Dragons are not cool enough. So then <laughs> I, I have been wandering through music uh, from folk to hip hop to R and B, back to pop, specifically Ed Sheeran, and I so I say, I respect my decision because he's actually good. Yeah, um, he's very good. What were you I was saying? Gonna say that, I was gonna say that you on that journey you have found some some good some good stuff. Right. I I. I th- I hope that I'm less of a genre fan and more of a good music fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I can actually make that claim, but I think I I have listened to more different music recently than any other point in my life. So um, sure. there's that. Anyway, I'm back to Ed Sheeran, especially this this song Nancy Mulligan, which mm-hmm. is great. He's it's from the perspective of his grandparents and how they met and it's like an Irish folk song Um, so listen to it if you haven't Um, but when he was talking about trying to make folk music good it reminded me of a response to what you asked you were suggesting topics um, months ago Mm -hmm. and it was about Charlie Pluth yeah Charlie Pluth Charlie Pluth who I have not listened to at all. You um, probably well, I don't know. I'm not gonna say that you probably. I don't listen to the radio. Because you so. may not have. Um, do you know the song? Um, the see you again. It was on the radio like in yeah. a long time ago. That's Charlie Pluth. Till I see you again. Yeah. That one. Okay. Blue. Okay. Which okay. I didn't know until so, recently. What you were saying. Well, or your your prompt, which I'm gonna 
change is is he the next Mozart or is well, he the current kind of. Mozart? Well, it, it, and is he is he wasting kind of yeah is he wasting his talent? Is he um, the next musical genius? Because I was listening to a, an NPR story, nice, and where they interviewed um, Charlie Pluth, which I found out that he has like perfect pitch. Um, he has all of these things that um, are stereotypically like musical genius level um, mm-hmm. things. Um, and so after that, I was like Googling all the people who had perfect pitch or whatever, and were and it was like Mozart, um, Beethoven. Um, and so I was at, and like, he's, he's obviously like a, a brilliant singer, um, like, and from what I can tell, composer, but is he wasting his... Producer, I think, would be the, the current parlance, parlance, Sounds great. how do you say that word? Um, but my question was, is he wasting his talent, um, as a musical genius mm-hmm. on writing pop music? And so I was thinking about this, and I, like, is he really like Mozart? And I thought, I don't know, I don't think so, because people say, like, Mozart was popular during his day, which is true, Mm -hmm. but he was popular with the segment of the population that I think that he remains popular with to this day. Like, what we know, or, like, the information that has continued from... 18 no when was mozart alive 1790s or whatever no idea um is rich white people for the most mm-hmm. part and i think that that's like still mozart's core audience i okay. i read a an npr article about uh what defines white culture um and one of the one of the things that white people do more than other demographics is go to uh, classical and jazz concerts. So, yep. uh, I, I, while Mozart was popular and famous during his day, I don't think he is popular with the same groups that Charlie Pluth is currently popular with. So, which leads to my question, is pop music the new folk music? Because I was thinking... Mozart's writing for the rich aristocracy. Who's writing? Who like who is writing the pop music of the 1800s? And it's just like folk songs that everyone knows. And you're and you're in this case you're saying that po- uh, uh, pop music is the stuff that everybody listens to, the everyday person, not just the rich, right? People, right? Okay. You're saying so, that's folk music, like minstrels and troubadours yeah but now it's uh charlie pluth or Hmm. so what what i was thinking of most importantly uh i was watching a trailer for uh whatever that movie is with that guy from mr robot no Uh, (laughs) i thought i was gonna nail that that was no 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 no. i think it's the movie i think is bohemian rhapsody okay yeah Uh, but it's the biopic for Freddie Mercury, yeah. So yeah. I remember one day when Dad told me that We Will Rock You has never always existed. Like, that blew me away <laughs> to learn <laughs> that We Will Rock You was not a song 
that always existed. Um, <laughs> oh, I was. I have so many questions about how that conversation. Yeah, happened. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I I guarantee you, it was at a football game. I'm a runner in like sixth grade, yeah. and we're sitting there in the stands, listening to the band play "We Will Rock You," and yeah. Dad tells me that some band named Queen wrote it, like whenever Queen was a thing, like in the '80s, right? <laughs> the '80s, yeah. And then he tells me, not only did Queen write "We Will Rock You." They were yeah. we are the champions too, and I like my sixth grade mind is just <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so, oh my goodness! To me, and, and so and reading um, an incredibly remarkable thing. Yeah, absolutely where remarkable Queen, thing. I can never get that right. Queen but, is like yeah. built into the fabric of this book, uh-huh. and I'm like, Queen is somehow the folk music of right now. It's like. I have never intentionally listened to Queen, but I know We Will Rock You. I know We Are the Champions. I know Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. And I many other Queen songs that I have no idea are Queen um, songs. Um, uh, shoot, what is the one I can't think of? It's going to be really embarrassing when I can't think of it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to look it up right now, but okay. you keep talking. So, that that was like, wow. How how do I know these songs? Like how are they so ingrained into popular culture? Another one culture? bites the dust. Really? That's the one I was thinking. No way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like how are these songs so ingrained into our lives that me never intentionally listening to anything by Queen? I know mm-hmm. all these songs. Um, and so, another that reminded me of. When I was listening to the Inside Lewin Davis soundtrack a lot, which is a movie by the Coen brothers, okay. which it has like an all folk song um, soundtrack. Okay. And the movie's basically, what if a character was Bob Dylan, but he never became Bob Dylan and just lives a life of failure over and over again? So anyway... There's a song called 500 Miles on the soundtrack. So I was outside pulling up weeds out of the sidewalk with mom one day. And I was singing this song, and she knew it. And I was like, what? How does mom know this song? So that weirdly, I was linking Queen in my mind with that one instance. It's like there's these songs that we know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we know them. Um but that's like folk music, right? Right. So so can you define folk music for me and the definition that you're using so I know that I'm on the same page? Uh, okay, just mentally, my definition of folk music is like music that's important to a culture that everyone knows and it just kind of, it's, it feels like it always has existed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's that's why I was like Queen is folk music, right? Right. So so then you're saying that there were other there was other music during the Renaissance or whenever Mozart was around that was more. Sorry, is that wrong? What, what yeah, it was wrong. <laughs> uh, it was the the end of the 1700s. So in the Renaissance, it's like the 1400s. So okay, well. During Mozart's time, there were other music that was more popular, it was more ingrained into the culture of the, of, 
of the day mm-hmm. that everyone knew, and not everybody there knew Mozart's most famous work. Yeah, yep. That that's but, my I mean, that's my premise. Okay, but like, so potentially counter argument: there are songs that are by Mozart that people just know. Unless maybe I'm projecting as a somewhat rich white person. No, I think that's true. Let me read or this, like, this. Or like Vivaldi. Everybody hears Four Seasons, Spring, and it's like, oh, that's Vivaldi. Everybody knows Everybody knows that's Beethoven. Like, these, these things are also ingrained in our society, yeah. just as much as, like, Queen is, I mm-hmm. think. Potentially. Okay, I, I don't true. know. That's from my perspective. Let me read this traditional folk music definition from Wikipedia. Go for it. Uh, it has been defined in several ways. A music transmitted orally, music with unknown composers, or music performed by custom over a long period of time. Uh, it has been contrasted with commercial and classical styles. Okay, so by that definition, then, it actually... So in the sense of your Queen definition, or your Queen mm-hmm. example, yeah. you knew these songs, but you didn't know who Queen was or who, that they were written yeah. by Queen. and But they still are integrated into your society. Although some people might know, like, Beethoven and not know that it's Beethoven still. But yeah. a lot of pop... I will say, now you're looking at current pop music, a lot of pop music, I know, but I couldn't tell you the name of the song or who has written it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I probably could tell you a lot of it, but for the most part, there's a good chance that I might not know who it's by. Yeah. I just... Yeah, I th- by that definition, it kind of... If it's not commercial, that excludes it. But I, I think that the transmitted orally is more what I mean. Because I remember you know, that episode of Drake and Josh where they lose power and they sit around singing Re- We Will Rock You? Yep. So, so to me, that's like the oral transmission of queen by other forms of culture. Okay. So, so basically in order for it to be folk music, it has to be able to be repeatable by the people who are listening to it and the consumers of it mm-hmm. when they're sitting around a campfire. Uh, no, not really, but that makes it easy, right? Like, right, right, right. In, That's just an example. In, uh, in the trailer, um, somebody's like, we want to have a song that the audience can perform, mm-hmm. uh, and then it ends up being We Will Rock You, and it's like, oh, that's, that's like intention, that's part of the intentionality of folk music that you have it, that people can just sing along to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I guess my question is, does that make it folk music, or does that make it pop music? Because I, I think that there is still a difference. I think I think there is a difference between pop music, which is just well-known songs that everybody knows, and then there's folk music, which is just like more tradition. At least in my mind, it's more like a traditional song. I don't know who wrote "Happy Birthday," but is "Happy Birthday" every, a folk song? I don't know, but it's a song that everybody knows. That that you don't know who wrote it, but any, and you can go anywhere in the United States and sing it, and people are going to sing along with yeah, you. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that's kind of my idea of folk song, or even like nursery rhymes, or mm-hmm. um, yeah, things like that, which are like these songs that you can bring forth that for some reason everybody knows, but yeah. nobody knows who wrote them or where they learned them or like remembers learning them. 
Whereas like pop music, I can remember, oh, hey, like I can think back to a time where I didn't know what Bohemian Rhapsody was. And then I learned, listened to it. And now I know like a lot of the words, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't have that with like Ring Around the Rosie. Sure. I think an interesting example is uh, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, which mm-hmm. is by Mozart. But it's also like, like that melody has become something different. So, right. I, yeah. But I, I think there are some pop songs that are different than just pop songs. Um, and there's some classical music that's different than just classical music, I guess. So I guess I'm, I'm trying to say like, how do songs become folk songs? Right. And, uh, cause like the, that song that is the opening of 2001, a space odyssey. I have no idea what it is. Uh, actually I think it's called the spoke Zarathustra or whatever. Is that the yeah. 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 Everybody knows that song. Um, and we know it from outside of its, its real context. Like it wasn't composed for 2001, a space odyssey. Here's a thought that just came to my mind, sure. which might be ridiculous. Are folk songs memes? Um, I don't know. Because, so by this definition, right, of this, song, yeah. this little thing yeah. that we just did, it's taken out of context and applied into other situations where it's giving, making you... It's, it's meme is probably a bad. I don't know. I'm gonna roll with it though. It's it's giving you this idea where I've never seen twenty one, two thousand and one, a space yeah. odyssey. But I under but I can picture what that, like, what this song is supposed to be giving me an idea of a feeling of. And right. so like I can now take that and place it in somewhere else, and now it's giving that feeling to a different situation. Um, I don't know. I would reverse it and say memes are like folk songs. Okay. You don't know where it came from, but you right. everybody knows the meaning of it and yeah. how to use it. And, and it's like it's very much about uh, statement and then variation. Because what's great about mm-hmm. folk songs is there's the the melody, and then you can just say whatever you want. It's like twelve right. bar blues kind of, um, right. or twelve bar blues are like folk songs also. Um, and memes are like that, right? Like you have right. your template meme, and then you have variations on that meme. What you recognize is still being the original meme, but it's a new, yep. it's a variation on that meme. Huh, that's interesting. Right. Great example is like our entire childhood of dad just singing the same song over and over again, but changing yeah. it slightly to something else. And who knows where he heard those songs or if they were right. real songs or they just came from his head. But he's changing the words to fit either nonsense or something else that's happening in the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think that's that's interesting it, it reminds me of uh, i watched a video about um bruno mars's 24 karat magic mm-hmm. uh there's an it's called an orc hit and that song which is like the orchestra it's short for orchestra hit where it's just like all the orchestra but just so there's lots of that, and there's lots of that in '80s music, mm-hmm. and that comes from one song written in the 1700s called "Firebird," I think, and someone sampled that 
and then it's been in like all synthesizers since like one of the very original ones so hmm. that has like I have no idea what the definition of memes is um but that's like a recurring motif that has completely lost all of its previous right connection like Bruno Mars is using it to refer to the 80s not at all to refer to the 1700s right right and I wonder too like how this idea of like folk music will continue slash begin to get created yeah. because I think I think we are getting into that era of like almost a new um, a new like folk music that now is like a part of American culture um, right, right. And so I, th- I think if we didn't have the internet Queen would become folk music right and, and that's what I was going to say too is that, is that if you the only way you would know is my dad telling you, "Hey, this was written by Queen such and such." Yeah. Time. As a, but right. it, since we have the internet, we can now just type up, type in, "Okay, don't stop me now." Who is this by? Okay, go to the Wikipedia page, get some information. Mm-hmm. Like, you can figure that out now because of the internet. But it also enables those things to be spread more vastly, and so you do have like people still listening to. Well, people probably would still listen to Queen, but like people listening to all sorts of music that they wouldn't have listened to before Mm -hmm. um that i think is creating part of that culture um that is like or that that somehow is is affecting the culture and what we know and like you can yeah going back to what you're saying about like the 20 2001 space odyssey everybody knows what that is but they don't know what it's from or even people who haven't seen star wars still know what the imperial march is like Mm -hmm. these are things Mm -hmm. that have like music that has integrated our society and then also has a like thought or a feeling that is attributed to it yeah which which i think that that does pull out the idea of folk music a little bit i don't know yeah so i think if we didn't have the internet star wars would definitely be folk music though um, and it's different though like right you can't sing along with it yeah which i think queen I'm going to keep going back to that well, but I think that's a really great analogy because it's so easy and it's so uh, pervasive. Um, mm-hmm. Or like what what was interesting to me, uh, Seven Nation Army kind of sprang up in 2011 or something, which I guess is when the song was written. But when we started playing it in band, I never thought someone just wrote this song and now we're playing in a band, really? even though that had happened. Like, I thought it first, was an old song. Right, yeah. My first thought was, like, what old 70s band do we pull this from? But it's, like, Arctic Monkeys. Um, or the White Stripes, or the White the Keys, white or the Black Keys. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the White Stripes, and it was, re- it was released in 2003. So not quite. Whatever. It was close. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's so like in um, in soccer matches, right? You'll have folk songs if you're in England. You have folk songs sung alongside of like Seven Nation Army. Adrian, speaking of folk songs sing, sung to soccer games, we yeah. got a folk song that we sang on our soccer team. Every oh, time yeah. we would, every yeah. time we would come back after winning a game at an away soccer game, when we would get in view of the high school. 
we would sing this song, this folk song from like Ireland or something like that, that literally was just passed down orally that you had to learn on the mm-hmm. bus. And right. then you would continue to pass that down. So like, yeah, that that's another good example of a folk song in that sense. Because I have no idea who wrote that song, where it's from, or if I could even find it on the internet. Yeah. Or if I could come up with any of the words right now, but if people started singing it, I probably could. Right. Right. I was going to say... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So, I I just... I don't know if... Yeah, I, I still don't think that Charlie Pluth is Mozart because he's not as critically acclaimed, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? His his a his audience is just very different than Mozart's. What what could he do to what what would using his so if if I think that he's wasting his talent, mm-hmm. what would him using his talent to the greatest extent look like? Because I've thought about that and I was like, I don't actually know. Like people don't really care about like like beautifully composed music at least not a lot of people but more the more people care about pop music than they do about yeah absolutely. orchestra and movie scores i th- what i think would be not wasting his talent i don't know if he is or is not because um, right. like i have no idea what he does but I, I don't think that people don't care about beautiful music they just don't know that they do um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because everyone's really good at singing, and it is very easy to find people who are good at playing instruments. Um, or as to edit connected. things so that it is yeah. perfect. Um, so, I think we do, and we don't realize it. Like, coming back to Ed Sheeran, now mm-hmm. that I've listened to more things, I'm like, oh, wow, he's actually good. That, and, and That's crazy. It, Going back to Ed Sheeran, and what I was just thinking about now is the so the fact is everybody could I mean I could record some my voice singing and essentially change it with editing software and make it perfect probably yeah um so anybody can do that and so I was thinking okay why was Mozart great then well Mozart was great because he could do that in front of everybody perfectly well he was great for a lot of reasons but he could perform it perfectly in front of people mm-hmm. um. And so then that reminded me, going back to Ed Sheeran, I have seen Ed Sheeran in concert. And let me yeah. tell you, I didn't realize how good of a musician Ed Sheeran is until I saw him in concert. It's literally, the man just goes up there by himself with a guitar and a lute pedal. And he Classic. plays like he plays a um, part of the song, puts it into the program so that it, re- it has recorded what he just played. And so it so starts looping that back. And then he plays something else. He would do that for like probably like three or four different things he's like beating on his guitar to play the drums and adding it all to his song and then he's like singing background vocals and recording that as well and so he recreates his his entire song just like it would be on the radio right in front of my eyes perfectly and it's just like this is incredible like and it's just so cool how he does it without a band he's just just him up by himself and so like i think that is another way of displaying okay hey i am really good um, and displaying that natural talent more so than just like, I don't know, sitting behind a computer recording right. yourself and editing it so that's perfect. So I, I think how you would do that is push whatever medium or genre you're in. Like, 
orchestra or operas existed before Mozart, but Mozart made them really good um, by like pushing boundaries in operas. Mm-hmm. He said like, oh, and and like blending them with classical music, kind of. He said, okay, we've been developing all these techniques for conveying things in classical music. Uh, let's put that into operas so it's not just like blah 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 boring music amazing singer let's have amazing music and amazing singers mm-hmm. um in our operas so i like i don't i don't know how you push pop music because i don't know pop music well enough to say like this is a place that you could innovate or this is a place that you could innovate um right. But I think, um, yeah, trying to push the boundaries of what you're in. I assume Queen did that, which is why we all know who they are. Uh, but right. I, have, I have no idea because I don't know what pop music was like in the whenever right. Queen was doing what they did. And that's what I was trying to think. I was like, does does pop music change? Like, like when did when did the what was pop music like in the 80s? Like, I think I know fairly... I can kind of know what pop music was like in the 90s. But then, like, w- w- do I just not know any pop... The pop of today artists from the 80s? Or was it... Was it Queen? What Were they the pop artists of that time? I mean, um, they were, right? I guess. I don't know. See, see, when did rock turn into pop? Right, because when I think of like the seventies and eighties, I think of like classic rock, and that was the main thing. But maybe I just don't know of what the what the pop music was. And so then I'm thinking about it, and I think back Abba. to when I right, I guess yeah. So thinking about like basically since when I started listening to the radio, which is like maybe back in middle school, which is probably I don't know how many years ago, ten, fifteen years ago at this point. Um. It feels like pop music hasn't really changed, um, especially like if you compare it to other things like rap and hip hop, which I feel like has changed a lot. Yeah. Um, and even even to extent like alternative rock um, has also kind of changed. Um, yeah, that's well, true. R- rock, I guess, kind of rock has changed from like who are who are some just classic like. Like you know, you don't have that like Green Day rock feel. You have more of like yeah. Imagine Dragons, where it's like they're they're still kind of the same idea, but they're very different feels. Um, and so it seems like other things have changed more quickly and differently than like the pop music no, of today. I, I agree with that because I I Abba is more similar to whatever pop music that women sing today mm-hmm. can you give me an example because I'm absolutely sure Ariana now. Grande oh sure it, that's a great example thank you um, is more similar I think to Ariana Grande um, than uh, yeah Green Day is to or Mad like Dragon. Rush even yeah <laughs> yeah because that's a that's a better time frame right um and I'm thinking of hip hop since, like, when we were in high school to now, things are different. Uh, right. Everything is trapped now, so mm-hmm. if you're into that, congrats. But and it's, I, it's also 
it's also interesting to listen to Eminem's album because when we were in high school, Eminem was huge. Right. And now Eminem's writing about how he's old and washed. Well, he's he's complaining about how he's not actually old and washed up, but he's saying how he is old and washed up and can't keep up with the people who are doing what's now in rap. Right. So I, I think like, I know more about hip hop than I do about pop music. So mm-hmm. I know like what boundaries can be pushed and who is doing that. Uh, like, I'm gonna use Young Thug for example. He mm-hmm. is, like, the mumbliest of the mumble rappers. Um, and he's, like, he's, like, dragging the industry his way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say Kendrick is dragging the industry his way. So I think Charlie Puth is not wasting his talent if he is pull, trying to pull his genre some direction that's new. Right, and I think the other problem is is that when you do try to do something new with pop music, it turns into something else. Yeah. So, which is probably how we got, probably how we got hip hop and rap, and to begin with, that's mm-hmm. probably how we got alternative yeah, rock I mean, they're all, and they're both from and like, like early two thousands rock. Right, and so like basically what happens is you you take you take pop and then you try to do something new and then you end up creating something new. So, I don't know. Maybe Charlie Puth has to go out and uh, create his own thing. But right now, he's just kind of just making generic pop music. Right. Um, and, and so what I, what I like about Ed Sheeran is that he knows that he's, he knows he's folk-inspired and hip-hop-inspired, but doesn't like he he synthesizes them and not just stays in the lane to use music industry terminology mm-hmm. of one or the other. Oh. He says, "Okay, I'm gonna have an acoustic set that I'm also rapping on." Right. It's like, okay, that's fun. He he, if you get a chance to see him live, you should because I think I said this. I told you before at least, or I've said before that he is like the only concert I've ever been to where he will sing his songs faster than what the <laughs> actual recording is, which just, like, blows my mind, because usually people, like, change it to make it easier to perform, but he's making it harder. Right. And then, like, one of the last things he did was he just, like, did this ridiculous rap, and it was awesome. I was just like, he needs to do more of this. But I think what's inter- what's sad for Ed Sheeran is that only the pop songs get played on the radio, yeah. and all yeah. his best songs, which are kind of bending the mold a little bit, get left. I don't know. He, he's also great at having like pop ballads too. So it is that is also what he's probably most well known for. Mhm. Um and like on uh To Pimp a Butterfly, it's mm-hmm. like very much jazz. Mm. But like rapping over jazz, which is a that cool synthesis. Amazing. Have you not listened to To Pimp a Butterfly? I have, but I haven't okay. thought about it that way. <laughs> that's that's a lot of what it is, or like funk. Um, so there's a literary critic slash film critic um, called Harold Bloom, uh, mm-hmm. and he talks about people's influences a lot, or like pe- how do you relate to your influences? Um, because he says, right, you everyone's influenced by something. And you fall into camps of trying to emulate who you're influencing. 
mm-hmm. you're scared of who your influence who your influences are so you try to do the opposite hmm. um or you know who your influences are and you embrace them and he says that's he he says sometimes you have to intentionally misinterpret your influences to do great work i don't know if i agree with that but he says like greatness comes from embracing your influences and combining them uh which i i think that's what people who push the boundaries do because everyone has Mm -hmm. different influences right um so that that combination of influences is always like they're always there but you're always going to have a different combination than someone else right right well we should wrap this up any final thoughts on is pop the new folk uh, I think pop would be the folk music of a non-internet time period. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I almost want to disagree. I, I want to say that that um, pop music is the beginnings of what will turn into folk and in that Oh, I don't know if I even believe that. But it it's not all of pop music that becomes folk music. It's yeah. it's yeah. only it's a very select few. And so you have to yeah, you have to somehow get lucky and your song becomes huge. I was thinking another example would be like Fireflies from Owl City. Everybody knows oh, that sure. song. And but like why did that become famous? I don't know. It just did. And so it's it's an interesting construct that the internet also is helping pop music and music in general become folk in this definition that we're using, but it's also potentially harming this idea of of not knowing where it comes from because it's mm-hmm. always going to be there. Yeah, I I I agree. Not not everything from pop music becomes folk, but I think music that would become folk music is more similar to pop music now mm-hmm. um, and so I I don't think Charlie Pluth is the next Beethoven but he could be if he was bolder I think I no, don't know no, I, I don't know anything about him I, I don't either um, but I think that's another interesting thing is that, that the people that are good at something and then take it somewhere else are the people mm-hmm. that get remembered, right? And yeah. I don't think that Charlie Pluth is doing that right now. I think he's just kind of... But I think he has the talent and the abilities to do it. Um, but he, he's not quite not quite there yet. Well, All right, great. cool. Do you have any uh, recommendations from this past my, week? My recommendations uh, for this past week. Um, my recommendations... First off, I didn't think about this until right now, but my recommendation for this week is to spend a little more money for a better airline. Um, Traditionally, I am very cheap, and so I like to find the cheapest airline. This weekend, I decided to fly an American, which is not, like, the the top-of-the-line airline. They're not known for their greatness. No, they're not, (laughs) but they're better than Spirit, um, who is known for being very cheap. Which is usually the airline I try to fly on. But I paid a little more. Had a great flight experience. Um, 
Also, another thing, if you fly American, I don't know, this has happened to me on all of my American flights, but you can, like, check your carry-on bag once you get to the gate for free. Oh, that is really nice, yeah. It's so nice. Although, some people don't like to do that. I don't know. Um, really? But that was really awesome. So, it turns out that when they give you the offer to spend $25 to check your bag, hit no, because you most likely can do it again. Now, I say that, and somebody's going to do that, and then it's not going to happen to them, and they'll be upset, but that's okay. So that would be my other um, my recommendation for that. Also, think about um, when you're leaving. Um, so if you take it, also another thing, so the cheapest flights are always ridiculously early in the morning. That's why I left at like 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. So also think about that when you're ordering your tickets. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but think about it. My other recommendation musically this week is um, Annie Minio's newest EP. Um, I think it's called The Sword. I forget it what is, it's called. Yeah. It's um, number two, The Sword. Yeah. Like it, it's Roman numeral two. Yeah. Um, it, it's good. It, there are a couple songs that I'm just like, huh, about, but then there's some other songs where I'm like, this is really good. So my favorites are um, Shame, which features Josh Garrels, who mm-hmm. you should also check him out if you, you know, looking for a bonus recommendation. And then Friends is also a good one, which is basically talking about his relationship with people and how they aren't really his friends. They just kind of are seeing what they can get from him. Um, and then what was the other one that I... There was a third one I thought, but I can't think of it right now. I don't know. Maybe I'll think about it later. But those are my recommendations. Annie Minio, The Sword. And a bunch of stuff about airplanes. And a bunch of stuff about airlines. Speaking of pop music, Airplanes by Rihanna feet B.O.P. That was popular in high school. <laughs> it wasn't Rihanna, by the way. It what? was Nope. It was, who's her name? Haley Williams from Paramore. I think it's Haley Williams. It's the lead singer of Paramore. Really? It might not be Haley Williams. Uh, I'm going to look it up. I'm just... I I was very unaware of what was happening musically when I was in high school, so... um, It is Haley Williams of Paramore. I got it. Good work. The only reason I... Anyways, go ahead. So, um... I'm going to recommend uh, Divide by Ed Sheeran. That was kind of implicit in Mm -hmm. all of this. Um, Nancy Mulligan was my favorite song. I'm sure you have already heard Perfect... Shape of You. Shape of You. Uh, and Castle on a Hill. Yeah. Um, some of those are not the worst songs on the album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> but many of good. them are not the best. Uh, true. So, that's, yeah, that was kind of, we started with that recommendation. Uh, now mm-hmm. we're here, and my other recommendation is, uh, I don't know, have you have you finished an absolutely remarkable thing? I have not. I'm I'm still basically where I left off the last time I talked to you. Okay. How much do you care if I say things about it? I might take off my headphones. I don't want you to spoil it for me. Okay. Should I, I do I don't that? Plan, I don't plan on spoiling it. Well, you don't plan on spoiling... Actually, you plan no, no, on spoiling no. everything. <laughs> no, no, no. You, it's fine. I think you'll agree with... You You already agree with me. 
Okay. Um, so I'm reading this book, and Hank Green's thesis is like, everyone's cool, so be cool. And I'm like, April May, who's the main character, I, I feel like she's kind of awful. And mm-hmm. I think she knows she's kind of awful. Mm-hmm. And she, she like, acknowledges that she does awful things. But it's, it's like, totally unreflected upon. Like, she does awful things and she's like, oh, I know you're going to hate me after this page. Right. And then does it anyway. And then, like, changes not at all throughout the entire book. So I'm like... Hank, how can you tell me that everyone's awesome if the main character, who according to Lev Grossman, I'm going to want to be best friends with immediately. Not true, Lev Grossman. Somebody said that? Yeah, have you not seen the blurb on the back of the book? I don't read, I try not to read anything on book covers because I don't want to get spoilers. But I will say, there hasn't been many times, if any times in this book, that I've wanted to be her best friend. Yeah, so Lev Grossman said I would want to be friends with her immediately, which didn't happen. Or mm. eventually. <laughs> um, so, so I'm like, Hank, how can you tell me that everyone's awesome, so we should be awesome, mm-hmm. if this main character is kind of terrible and is like easily the worst person in the book? Right. Um, so that was just, that was very like dissonant to me it's like I feel like you're undermining the point that you're trying to make by trying to make this character complex but then you also don't address those things um, she, she is a very complex character but it seems like at the fault of having a character yeah um, so Yeah, I feel bad, but I think Hank's ideas have been better served in other places and times than this book. I think that's fair. But maybe I'll finish it and we can talk more about it. Regardless, I will finish it and we will talk individually at least about it. Yeah, also, just like actual aliens showing up I think is a bad... It, it's a stretched metaphor for the internet. Like, it's okay. But, like, the reaction of aliens just showed up, we should be careful, is a much more reasonable response when it's aliens than the internet. Especially when, when you can come to the conclusion that it's aliens a lot sooner than you can come to the conclusion about anything about the internet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 there seems it, it doesn't take long to get oh hey there's aliens we should proceed with caution that doesn't take very long to get to that, with the internet that seems like a like, good response right with the internet it's like oh this seems great let's just dive into it we don't really know the repercussions that it's going to cause right it, it seems like but I can also see the metaphor a little bit right yeah um, but the internet has also caused harm. Which oh, for sure. I think more of that became clear into the writing of the book. So I don't. That's fine. Maybe a sequel will clear things up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would read it. 
<laughs> That's fair. So this is this is an interesting recommendation. It's more of just a discussion, and then the yeah. listeners can decide what they want to do. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But to follow up on our conversation last week, mm-hmm. it it was weird that I emailed them a question about this book and was like, I, I might plausibly get a response from this. Yep. Though yep. I think I should have tweeted him because I think he that would have been a better way to get responses. It would have. And he wrote he did respond on Hank's channel. Which is two questions, questions about the books, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw that and then I was like, Oh, I probably should have tweeted him. Yeah, but that's okay. I think it's not really worth getting a Twitter account for Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. Another thing that I thought we're out of time probably, but today I was thinking about ideas about things that would be interesting, like stories that would be interesting to tell. And so I was thinking about this book, and I think it's more... This book is, and and many books, I think are hard to relate to because you're finding people in places of extreme events. And most of our lives don't happen in those moments. Most of our lives are happening in smaller moments. And I think that those small moments and the decisions we make in those determine how we make decisions in those larger moments and what are yeah. our instincts so it's interesting to me to think about okay how does how what happened how is what are the small decisions has april may made in her past that is now leading her to respond to this situation in the way she is now mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. probably a really boring idea but i was thinking about like i was thinking either like writing short stories or i wasn't actually going to write them but like a short story or like a short video of just like people doing really everyday things but somehow making small decisions and thinking about how those affect decisions down the road anyways no i i thought i i agree i was telling some people at a campfire that i was at that i like plotless books because like most of life only retroactively has a plot right uh right it's and so most of your life is just like this plotless uh? So, right, like, but every, but like every novel is based on a plot, like yeah, you, yeah, which probably makes it more interesting story. But it does make a more interesting story, but it it does make it. I mean, it intentionally is not real life, right? Um, but I guess that's what makes a good story is that when it is story and narrative driven, but still you have lots of things that you can relate to in your right, less plot driven life. But anyways. Thanks for joining us. Yep. We Maybe listen to pop music. Oh, also, wow, we're way out of time. But I was thinking again today, we we are on iTunes. And that you should tell friends about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Because like we don't ever tell anybody about that. So <laughs> it's, it's so easy for us to get forget. You can send us an email. Yeah. You can leave us a review. All of these things that people who Comments, actually do podcasts um, know what to say. But anyway, like, share, and subscribe. Long. Hit the bell icon to be notified. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye.